Are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? are back with another edition of the anarchist experience episode 391 aka year eight week 19 uh coming at you this week as always i am your host mr richie rich along with mc and ks and since this is your regularly scheduled clubhouse broadcast uh you can find us there uh at the clubhouse the club is the anarchist experience uh, or you can at me at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H. Uh, we usually do this show around 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, on Saturdays is when I'll, I'll click the button to do the live broadcast. And I have said in the past that that schedule might be changing um, with, what, with a pending job change. And that's not going to happen anytime soon. So we're going to be broadcasting around this time, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, until my job situation, I'm going to say stabilizes uh, once again, and then we'll figure out, you know, how I work this back into that schedule. But for now, sticking with 4 p.m. Eastern time. So if you want to listen to this live, uh, that's the time to join the club. Um, I usually open the club around then. We banter about for a little bit, warm our vocal cords, and then gets to the show shortly thereafter. Uh, it's been a while, KS. How have you been? Uh, good, good. <laughs> yeah, sorry for the... Um, I had distractions. I mean, no apology needed, right? It's, you know, it's th- this show is not an obligation for, for anyone. <laughs> it's a fun little hobby we do. Um, and if you, know, if you haven't heard me give this explanation in a while, it was basically because, for me personally... I got tired of having like the same conversation with status over and over and over again. Right. And I said, screw it. I'm going to have the conversation once and then broadcast it. And if you want to know my position on things, just listen to the show. Right. And if you want to argue, then you can call into the show or clubhouse into the show now. And I'll have that conversation once. And you can share that with your friends. So no obligation. Uh, Glad to have you back. Um, Is it any news of the world to report uh, from your absence, like, did you do anything fun or interesting or engaging? I well, I had a question. Sure. Um, uh, I guess mainly to KS because I don't follow the news, um, but it seems like there hasn't been enough coverage of uh, Putin and <laughs> and uh, Ukraine. I don't really know, but um, so the the latest thing that came out was that he's uh, threatened to blow up. Uh, the United Kingdom, and um, let's see what else. Um, okay, he he's called the West uh, satanic, and um, yeah, stuff like that. I'm and gonna I'm gonna I, let you answer KS, but real quick, how can you how can you like honestly say that there's been no coverage of Russia and the Ukraine? I'm not saying no coverage. <laughs> okay, but okay, so I guess what I'm looking for is. Why aren't people talking more about the probability of a nuclear uh, exchange and, you know, sooner rather than later? Go ahead, Chaos. Uh, I'll let you take it now that he's clarified. <laughs> well, that has really got me curious because I've heard about Putin, but none of these um, uh, things. And I'm, I'm wondering, of course, all the filters have been... Talking with a good friend exactly. of mine from Serbia who says that uh, the Western media is not covering a lot of things that uh, they should be um, about this uh, whole thing in Ukraine. And uh, I hadn't even heard about these, um, that, that Putin's been talking about blowing up the uh, UK. And, and yeah, so, so what I'm saying, there, there, there is a big hole in our media. Um, you know, I find out stuff because I, I watch YouTube. Um, but I don't, you know, follow mainstream so much. Okay. Um, and so 
okay, now everybody probably assumes those things are going on, but then why isn't that the 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 center of um, the United States news cycle? You would think, you know, uh, the end of the end of the world is is pretty close, potentially. Um, you know, pro- potentially closer than it's ever been in my lifetime. Maybe okay. Um, what, maybe the, maybe the, well, the Cold War happened. What? When was the missile crisis? Um, it was sixty three. Yeah, so that was way before I was born. One more, one more quick point of clarification. Then, um, I I don't want to put you on blast too much, MC. Um, but last week we talked um, for quite a bit about the potential disappearance of Chinese President Xi Jinping. Right. Oh, that would just be funny to me. I don't think that would be the end of the world. I, I understand that. But depending on your news source, right, that that rumor was thoroughly debunked shortly <laughs> after we broadcast our show. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> well, you're a really powerful source of information. No, what I'm, I guess. We my, didn't debunk it. We, we were just talking about it. Right. <laughs> So but my I, I, my, my point I didn't, is I didn't I didn't I mean I'm pretty sure I said in in the in the show that like I don't know what's going on and and we were just talking about if it would be a good thing or bad thing and and who might be doing it if they are doing it and <laughs> understood but these rumors spread on less than reputable news sites and possible YouTube videos sure and so I'm going to uh, I am going to respectfully call into question your YouTube viewing habits. Oh, okay. When, when, you, <laughs> when you come back to the table and say, like, we're on the brink of nuclear war, why isn't anybody talking about that? And I want to just suggest so, that it's possible uh, that you need to upgrade your sources of information. Well, the, the source the source was Putin's speech. And so, I mean, there's, you know, nowhere else to go, uh, really, because n- no Western leaders are, are talking to Putin and trying to make a deal. Okay. It, seem, it seems like... Well, that's just Putin's opinion, man. Like, <laughs> you know, well, and then and then the, the West is just going to do whatever they've been doing. Um, so the the other news that just came out, you know, after the speech is that uh, U- Ukraine officially applied to become part of NATO, and that would be, you know, bringing us into uh, you know, directly with war with Russia. Okay. Because we have to do everything to kick Russia out, basically. Which, in the beginning of the conflict, right, we speculated on this show that the preemptive attack on Ukraine was to prevent them from joining NATO because True. NATO wouldn't admit any country uh, currently involved in, a, in, a, in an armed conflict. True. So as long as Putin and Russia maintain a conflict in Ukraine... Right, unless NATO changed their policies. Oh yeah, well they can. That's 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 the whole point uh, that that Putin is bringing up is, you know, why do why does anybody have to listen to these, these uh, you know international laws by the UN or, or anybody like who who made them boss and who who made up the rules? Um, so yeah, of course they can change their mind because they make the rules. Okay. So you think that Ukraine put in their application to join NATO and NATO is going to admit them in the midst of a conflict just to go oh, to war with Russia? I, I don't know what they're going to do. That's why that's why I want the mainstream media to talk about it. Like, okay. Because my, my opinion is that the left has lost their mind, uh, Russia bad, and it's worth ending the world over. Okay. That's, that's what I think. You know, and and if Putin is right, then yes, the left is demonic, and they're a death cult, and they're, you know, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> That's what you know. They, in their minds, they might be thinking, well, as long as five hundred thousand people in the whole world survive, then uh, that's a sustainable number. That's the number, according to the old Georgia Guidestones. Yeah, so I, maybe that's exactly what they're thinking. You know. They get they got enough rich people in their bunkers. Um, <laughs> should so the question is the real question is should I be buying a bunker right now? Uh, if you can afford it, why not? Right? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't really want one. Okay, <laughs> that's why. I think if all of this happens, um, the whole of life would be 
just remaining in that bunker because uh, I can't see a planet at all. But I mean, you know, nuclear holocaust these days would entail the destruction of all life, and I don't think it yeah. would be worth I, uh, oh, pursuing man. it. That seemed to be the point of nuclear armament to begin with, right? Not that it's a conquering tool because there's nothing left, but it's now it's now a deterrent, right? Because of mutually assured destruction, right? We're we're not on the offensive, but if you invade us, right, we will bomb you to glass, um, and you will do the same. And neither side wants that. So I guess it, is it possible that Putin is saying those things precisely because the West refuses to come to the negotiating table and talk, right? That, and that is true. That's his encouragement. I think from from. It's, it's very possible from his perspective that if if they don't come to the table and talk, that that's that's always the option. And um, I mean, it has to be. You can't bluff. You can't bluff on that large of a scale, right? Come to the table, or I nuke you. And then they go, fine, well, nuke us. They go, fine, boom. Right? You have to. I yeah. Well, you don't you don't have to, but like I said, from the way things are going, like it's because it's it's so ridiculous that that uh, negotiation isn't on the table at this point. It's like there there's been so much damage done. Um, how much is it really worth? How much is uh, so? Right now, Putin says he wants fifteen percent of Ukraine. And that's probably the the sections that were uh, mostly Russian speaking, um, more pro Russian. Okay. Uh, people anyway. So how much is 15% of, the, of Ukraine worth? Is it worth the whole world? Is it worth uh, anybody in the West you know, ne- negotiating and saying, okay, uh, we're done now. You know, this was a, um, you know, it's over. Like <laughs> we can go back to uh, DEFCON zero or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good question. Why won't they negotiate? Right. What? What's the holdup? Yeah. Is it? Well, if, if the left is a death cult, death cult, and uh, Putin is bad, and that's the only thing that matters, then <laughs> they will they will, you know, do anything, uh, you know, destroy reality to fit their agenda. I. That's. That seems like it seems the same on both sides to me when you put it like that, right? Putin's gonna Putin is gonna suggest nuclear war and the left is gonna say bring it on and then that's what you'll end up with. Right? What's what's the rationale to back down if both of them want, you know, absolute destruction? Nothing. What are you gonna do about well, it? Yeah. I don't think Putin wants absolute destruction. He wants fifteen percent of Ukraine. Okay. Because he said that. What well, what is the what does the West want? Nobody knows because they won't talk. <laughs> I know? got it. Maybe, maybe, and so it's all speculation. Does the West actually want the complete destruction of Russia? You know, that's what they're, that's, that's their end game right now. But since they won't talk, it's like, eh. I guess you know, we, we could have the complete destruction of Russia or we can have, uh, you know, Russia, you know, just completely back down and say they're sorry or, and that's basically it. Or we can have the end of the world. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to concede fifteen percent when the person asking for fifteen percent is viewed by the vast majority of people as the absolute aggressor and bad guy, right? Yeah, I mean that's 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 exactly the the point. The, this whole thing is happening because of people's views, and uh, they're they're leaving out. Um, a lot of history and a lot of other uh, aggression right. that's happened in that area for you know forever. And I, I guess I also I want to hearken back to a bygone age uh, where you keep what you kill, sort of a thing, right? If you want fifteen percent of Ukraine, go get it. You've already invaded, right? Just de- declare the part you control to be Russia. Set up a border build a fucking wall, right? And defend that border. Yeah, and I, I 
I'm assuming that's. I don't know. I don't know if they if Russia has pulled back to to just that fifteen percent. Um, okay. All, all I kind of know is what the demands are. Right. I mean, we we have. It's a different conflict, but we've seen the slow increase, right, of a size of a territory uh, with Israel and Palestine, right, for decades. Israel encroaches, kicks all the Palestinians out, moves in a bunch of Israelis, and Palestine gets smaller, and Israel gets bigger, and the West funds Israel, right? So, if the, I mean, that's... I, I don't want to call that a good thing. I just want to call that reality, right? So if you're, if you're Russia and you've invaded Ukraine, you've invaded Ukraine, you kick out all the Ukrainians, you move in the Russians, and now it's yours. Legitimately, who's to say that's how territories expand on a national scale? And if the, and if the West doesn't want that for whatever reason, you know, then, then, you, then you have to go defend it. Right, you have you have to push back against the invasion, and you have to win, and you have to you have to drive out the Russians, right? Resettle the Ukrainians, put up a border, and defend it. That's you know, that's that's the reality of the situation at that scale. Now, does that mean I'm advocating for that? No. Is that the best case scenario? Absolutely not. Are there better ways to handle it? Sure, but where we're at now. Right, the, the historical precedent for expanding a territory is to conquer and defend. And dare I say that that methodology transitions down to the anarchist individual. Right, I've I've maintained for some years now when it comes to the matter of of property rights and land rights, etc. Um, that the that rights in general are conceptual only and they are one of two things, right? That, that, that which is mutually agreed upon or that which can def- be defended with force, right? Why is this my yard? Well, because my neighbors agreed that this is my yard or because I defended against anyone else making a, mutu- a similar claim, right? This is my yard. No, this is my yard. And then battle is done, you know? or negotiations take place prior to battle. But at the end of the day, it's either mutually agreed upon through the negotiations or one side is defended against and one side is aggressing to, to take it over. Like that's, that's, how, that's how territory works and it scales up, unfortunately. So if it's, you know, if, if, the, if the liberal left in the United States is on the opposite side Right of whether or not uh, the nuclear button is going to get pushed, I think that is a much larger issue. Right? How did they get to control that? What What gives the United States, the West, the liberals, the conservatives, even right, a voice in what goes on between a territorial conflict between Russia and Ukraine to the point where nuclear destruction of the world, right? is on the table for a few hundred square miles of Ukraine. You raise an excellent point. Um, I think the rationale um, that that is most current in people's mind is that of of Hitler, that when he... um, kept wanting to swallow up the Sudetenland and, and Anschluss and uh, uh, Czechoslovakia and <clears throat> Austria and then Poland. It was always appeasement. And therefore, the world got into trouble because they kept appeasing him. I think what they miss most was that the reason that, that there was the rise of a Hitler in the first place was because of um, World War One, right? And that was triggered by this same kind of stupid world battles over um, uh, stupid insignificant parts that became matter of national pride to get to get in, intervene and the United States got involved with that too I think uh, United States more than well as much as any country uh, tipped the balance of power and and led to the cataclysm 
cataclysmic outcome of that war, stupid as it was. And, and rather than seeing that that shouldn't be repeated, they took the lesson that shouldn't be repeated as that of Hitler's um, appeasement to Hitler. And that's what they're seeing in this, I think. So you can't appease Putin because then he'll rise to power like Hitler. That's the that's, claim. I think what the the, the, ang- the anxiety is, yeah. Okay. And, well... Then again, don't See, There, there don't are a appease. lot of things that need to be examined. I think uh, a good friend of mine from Serbia points out, I think rightly so, is that the United States and the Western powers intervened back in 2014 uh, to overthrow... Um, the government of of uh, Ukraine, it was Suc- successfully, <laughs> su- yeah, right. successfully overthrew the government. But they they did so with quite uh, uh, subtle and not so subtle interventions. And yeah, I'd say probably he wasn't popular, but it was a it was it was a coup, nevertheless. And it was one that went against Russia and probably um the, the leadership in russia i don't know that the population of russia viewed it that way but the leadership of russia viewed that as a, a real threatening thing and they you know and also i think um my same friend who views with skepticism all the western um noise about this and they 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 excuse kosovo kosovo was the western nato forces um intervening to to bring about a, a you know, an occupation or separation. I think the thread that goes through all of that is it's always selective remembrance or retelling of history, right? And applying the wrong lessons. So you, you mentioned it uh, with the rise of Hitler from the first world war, um, all the, all the way up to the, uh, the, the world trade center bombings on nine 11. Well, yeah, well that too, but the world trade center bombings is more is more in the minds of Americans, typically, right? And the the reports that came out after that was this is blowback from uh, CIA interference in yeah. Middle Eastern affairs going back to the fifties. Yeah, right. And and going back, going onto the British and French um, for a hundred years before that. Right. So you have you have all of these underlying events right but the lesson the takeaway from the vast majority of people is brown people bad right not interference in their in their territories bad right not overthrowing their governments bad not you know not messing with their leadership bad uh but how dare they you know do that to us Look at the tremendous difference in attitude towards the refugees from Ukraine versus the refugees from every other part of the world. You know, yeah, Ukraine refugees good, completely contrary. You know, con- uh, I mean, opposite. I mean, and I, I, I welcome the idea of uh, of greeting the refugees uh, from Ukraine. Okay, but uh, what a contrast, hypocritical contrast with every other. Place. I mean, Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, they wouldn't, U.S. government, even though it's the one causing the refugee crisis there, doesn't welcome them. Yeah. Well, they did to some number. Did you notice that in the, I don't know, there was something in the newspaper that was interesting about how Biden announced that, okay, the cap for refugees is going to remain this year as last year at 120,000 uh, refugees allowed in. But then at the bottom of the report, at the bottom of the report, they said, oh, but only 20,000 of that 120,000 cap were allowed in this year. I mean, no different than under Trump and uh, no different under as under uh, Obama. They talk about, a, a, you know, all this fear and anxiety about immigration or uh, various attitudes, but, but his actual behavior is no different than the previous administration's. Well, on cap or no cap, the, the, the fear amongst the normies is not uh, refugees, but illegal immigrants, right? Well, then make them legal. <laughs> you just certify them. <laughs> then you solve the problem overnight. Yep, check them at the gate. Let them in. Um, but anyway. Check them out. Uh, tear down the gate, MC. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so now we're drifting into... Uh, Things that uh, we, 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 we 
typically talk about. And but so my main point was, uh, I I would like for uh, mainstream media, maybe I don't even know. I don't even know if it's a good thing. But um, the the question should be posed to leadership. Maybe maybe not Biden because he's you know maybe not capable of having a discussion about this. Um, but uh, what are the links that we're willing to go and uh, how, how close are we actually to, because we, we just had a, an explosion of a natural gas pipe pipeline. Yeah. Um, it was probably most likely sabotage and uh, maybe it was entirely because Biden said, Oh, you know, we have ways of shutting off the pipeline. Yeah. Um, and did, so did he say that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, he threatened to stop the pipeline. He says, "Well, that's not yours. How are you going to stop it?" He's like, "Oh, we have ways." <laughs> it's like it's like, "Oh, oh, okay. We're just supposed to imagine that." And and thanks for telling us that you're, you know. And then some country like it was like Poland or whatever, right after it blew up, right, thanked the United States for blowing it up. <laughs> like we would like to send our thanks to the United States and President Biden for destroying the pipeline. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, the United States is the only country to have gained directly by doing that, and yet I think the first allegations were not. Oh, Putin blew up his own pipeline. False or, flag. Uh, yeah. <laughs> false, when it happens here, you know, it's Russian interference. When it happens there, it's a false flag. Yeah. And so they were trying to say that that Putin did it intentionally because of what Biden said. So then everybody can blame it on Biden because Biden's such a dumbass. <laughs> but I mean that's that's speculation. It's it was probably the U.S. But <laughs> it was. But now because he said that, you don't know. It's like, uh, I mean, this is similar. I don't want to go off on too big of a tangent. Did either of you guys watch the uh, conservative movie, My Son Hunter? By any no. chance? No. Okay. Don't worry about it then. Um, it's it, it's odd propaganda um, for what it is, but it, it's also one of those things as we're talking about this of the Bidens uh, having a way of saying dumb things, <laughs> right? Like part part of the movie was the uh, was was based on you know some of the executive. Uh, goings on in Ukraine with the with the gas companies there that Hunter Biden was a part of right and Biden in, in front of like an international conference or committee right admitted right he's like well we're not going to send you the money unless you have this like prosecutor arrested and charged right yeah Biden's and, uh, boasted about that yeah right <laughs> and then and 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 then boasted about it by going like 20 minutes later, he was arrested and we sent him the money, you know, like he's, he's brash about, you know, uh, uh, about the, the quid pro quos, right? So even though he's mentally unstable and, you know, I, I guess I don't want to say handicap or deficient, but he's uh, cognitive decline is the term that's going around, right? Even though he's clearly in some sort of cognitive decline, uh, when he says stuff like, oh, we have ways to take down the pipeline, and then the pipeline gets taken down, uh, you just just give it a few days, right, before he has a Freudian slip and admits it, you know? <laughs> I, I told him we had ways of taking down the pipeline, and bam, look at that. No more pipeline. That's me, Jack. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it might happen, but, um, yeah. Anyway, so it's, it's a dangerous world we live in right now. I think to, in my, in my opinion, more than ever. And it's, okay. and, and to me, it's because, uh, the, the leftist attitude of, uh, uh, what's it called? Vir virtue signaling how bad the other guy is. Like okay. he's so bad that, well, the world might end and that's okay. That's their that's their stance, basically. Well, okay, and if that's their stance, let them have it. But they they can't they can't be that 
they can't have that many numbers and be that powerful where the people who want to survive and not experience nuclear holocaust, right, can't intervene in some way. Are, are you saying well, that there's... That's that, my point. That, no, nobody is intervening right now. You got the, the crazy left and, the and, you know, controlling, you know, most of Europe. And I, we, I guess we got a new right wing uh, person in France <laughs> or no Italy, right? Italy. Italy. Well, United, well, oh, that's right. They say far notice when the, somebody gets elected on the left, uh, they don't say far left, they, but if somebody on the right gets elected, it's the far right because she was once associated with Mussolini's um, fascist party, which actually was a socialist party, but they, I don't know. I asked, yeah, anyway, you move too far to the right, you circle back to the left. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, a lot, a lot of the West is being controlled by uh, leftists, um, people that that are more interested in virtue signaling than solving any problems. Okay, I mean, again, I hear you. And if we go back to your, you know, should I, should I build a bunker? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are, if you are that, con- if you are that concerned, right, and you want to live out your days in a in a in a fallout shelter, right, then build the bunker, you know. But if you know, if if you don't want to live that, then it's kind of control what you can and accept what you can't type of situation where, you know, hey, you you you're not going to be a loud enough voice to prevent that nuclear button from being pushed. Um, so should we be writing our senators and congressmen to uh, uh, abandon the 15% of Ukraine in favor of, you know, life on earth? I mean, I'm not going, I'm not going to spend my time doing that. But if, if, you, <laughs> if you believe I, that that's going to be the effective way to save your ass, then yeah. I mean, it's. Well, it's, and, may, and maybe not, you know, a letter from me, um, but there's, but what I'm saying is. You know, I'm talking about it right now because I see it as an issue. Um, I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe somebody more popular than me should be talking about it. You know, Ron Paul isn't so popular anymore. So, um, and I'm sure he's probably talked about it, and just nobody's listening because that's what happens yeah. to Ron Paul. <laughs> so, in in the early days of my transition to anarchism, right? I was, I was, I was still extreme, but I was more okay during doing the moderate things as long as it was easy. And I don't know if they still exist, but there was an organization called like downsize DC. Are you familiar? No, never heard of it. Oh, okay. Um, they've basically, they've taken that whole like letter writing campaign and formulized it. Right. So downsize DC would send me an email saying, Hey, this is an issue coming up. And we need you to write your senator, click the link, right? And when I clicked the link, it took me to a pre-filled form with their personal letter, right, being sent from my email address to my congressperson saying like, hey, you know, vote this way on this issue. And I didn't have to do much but like a couple of mouse clicks. And, and in doing so, I was doing my part, Right. So if, if it's something that, you know, if you think that writing Congress is going to be a good thing, uh, I would say check to see if that organization still exists, see if they can get a form letter going for how Congress should vote on whatever bill is coming up or whatever resolution needs to be passed to, you know, not, you know, to give up 15% to Ukraine, right? Or use their formula and just get people, you know, to sign off on it who, uh, might and might be more like me on a normal basis, which is completely apathetic towards that sort of thing. But hey, you know, as I'm as I'm drinking my morning coffee, reading my morning emails, uh, I could click a few links and and f- you know send the letter to my congressperson in a pre-filled form. That doesn't that doesn't cost me more than like ten seconds of my time. And if ten seconds of my time is all I can give to that sort of activism, you know, then by all means. Um, and at some point that became too much, right? Like I was like, ah, this is stupid. 
you know, I get I get the form response back from Senator whatever from <laughs> Hawaii saying like, oh, I've, I've got your letter and I'm still going to vote this way, and, uh, you <laughs> son of a bitch, you know. And then so, you know, who, who cares? Isn't that, isn't that ironic? Uh, you, you filled out the form, the form letter to send in and they filled out the form letter to send back. And yeah, around and around we go. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it reminds me of the, uh, well, um, the guy who, the teacher in the classroom who noticed that um, all the students just um, placed recordings on the desk so, so that uh, they didn't have to actually come to class. You know, they just have one person or a few people recording the lecture and then he didn't have to come. So after a while, he just left a recording giving the lecture too. Yeah. And so nobody connected. I mean, that. Just going through the motions. Th- that's kind of that's kind of the impetus for you know online lectures, right? And online classes. The the professor pre-records a lecture. You watch it at your leisure, right? Email mm. your questions or whatever. Discuss it in the discussion group. Mm-hmm. And and so, uh, so so maybe maybe letters are, are not worth doing, but um, there there should be people uh, in the mainstream asking asking them like. I, I don't know, keeping it in the spotlight somehow because um, we're definitely involved, you know. And, yeah. And it, seem, it seems like the rest of the world, at least in the United States, is going on with their business, worrying about, you know, climate change or, or uh, gender issues or, uh, or, or even just bickering uh, between each other about, uh, you know, whatever the issues that they want, you know, abortion, you know, stuff like that, uh, immigration, and, and, well, uh, and, and, okay. and, and I, and I don't know, like to, to me, this is a much bigger issue than, than COVID uh, for sure. <laughs> so, so I, I hear what you're saying and I don't want to minimize that concern. Uh, the other issues you just listed are much closer to home to the average person than nuclear war with Russia. Right. Yeah. But it's going to, it's, it's going to get pretty hot here pretty quick if, <laughs> if it happens. And that's, and that's why I say, you know, like it, this, this is closer to us than we think. And, okay. and people are pretending at least, you know, our leadership, Oh, well that will never happen. So we're just not even going to talk about it. Uh, even though Putin's talking about it. <laughs> well, Putin's, Putin's talking about it from his perspective. Uh, but I remember, I don't remember even the conflict that was being discussed at the time. It might've been Korea, uh, when Obama was in office and, you know, they said like, well, is there anything you, you know, you won't do right? And Obama said, all the options are on the table. Well, and someone went like, what about the nuclear option? Obama went, all the options are on the table. Of course, all the options are on the table. Okay. So, but he didn't specifically say like, no, no, no. If it gets too bad, we're going to nuke him. Right. He was more tactful with his response, but also made it perfectly clear that the nuclear option was on the table. So if Putin is saying, you know, like, hey, I'm being more overt than your previous leaders. The nuclear option is on the table. Let's see what happens. You know? And if, if he launches, you know, is, are there air intercepts in place, right? Does the, does the, you know, does the United States immediately launch nukes right back? Are we, are, you know, is it mutually assured destruction on day one? Uh, or can we lose Washington, D.C. and the surrounding area, right? Um, I think if, if Russia just detonated all their nukes just inside of Russia that the world would probably end. <laughs> That's probably true. So it's, I think arguing about that is kind of... Uh, well, when the United States used the nukes, they sent two, right? Strategically placed. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't... It doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't sound like something that would happen next time. And those were one kiloton nukes that uh, are outmatched by a thousand times by every every single warhead that exists now right so if russia launches one strategic nuke nuke at britain right just to say like hey we're serious <laughs> right is it all out destruction from there or do we go like oh shit okay well, here's your well, pro- probably, you can have the 15 percent, right we don't want all out destruction i don't think there is any negotiation after that that okay 
I don't think they plan for it. And that's kind of my point. I think, I think they're, I think the leftists are delusional and that's, that's what needs to be talked about. If, if the, the, the leftists that are delusional in all things, you know, climate, COVID, uh, gender stuff, if they if they cannot be honest about any of that, then they cannot be honest about, uh, you know, them considering, uh, the world ending over 15% of Ukraine. Okay. And that needs to be talked about. That needs, that, that should be front page news. Like, Hey, like we, we can't trust these people. They're crazy. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Hopefully, well, I guess hopefully we last until we get somebody else, uh, you know, other than Biden in fr- there. And- front page news in what newspaper, right? Mainstream media is predominantly run by the leftists. Exactly. Outlets. That's, that's my point. And, and I, what my, my other point though, is that, that the people on the right are, are more interested in bickering with the left about all their, you know, crazy stuff rather than, uh, the thing that should be the elephant in the room that, okay. that nobody, nobody's talking about, which is, uh, the left is not capable of, of, uh, handling this crisis in the Ukraine. Well, midterms are coming up, right? Vote hard in a month. <laughs> when November the, rolls around, is the right wing any more capable of, of uh, handling I, this? I don't think so either, because they're, they're they're not willing to drop the the petty issues. Mm. They're they're going to keep on bringing up all the silly things that the left is talking about, and they're and they're, they're you know <laughs> they're, there are only uh, two two genders, and you can't kill babies. Yeah, they're just going to be focused on abortion and. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and and th- and their attitude is probably the same at the mo- at the moment that you know Ru- Russia bad, and that's just the you know it's, it's kind of like when when Bush was in office, you know no- nobody really was standing up to to say we shouldn't in- invade Iraq. It was a very very small voice. And okay, um, what what's your take on how this coming election is going to be? I mean, abortion has changed the tone of it but so has um you know um, a bunch of other issues you know with regard to the ukraine and with regard to i mean are there are there still some more surprises yet to uh to change it no traditionally the, they change parties in the midterm elections especially when it's this closely divided already um but i i don't know if that's going to hold true at this time so there are a couple of people in my life that are confirmed biden voters um, and, and now they hear from me more frequently and I go like, that's your guy, right? Look at him. <laughs> that's your guy. You went like, I want that guy because whatever. Right. Um, and f- fortunately or unfortunately, uh, the response has changed to, I'm not going with that guy again. Right. So I'm, and in a by-election, that's a safe thing because you can say, well, I'm not going to support Biden. I'll support Republicans because it's not yet uh, a, necessarily a support of Trump. It, but in the, in the following election, then it'll probably, well, I don't know. They're both getting old, and who knows what could happen before then. But, I mean, if it was Biden and Trump, um, they'd, you'd still have that same. Right. I but if you have that bad Biden position. taste in your mouth, you're, it's possible that there's a lot of people who are going to vote Republican just because the the democratic agenda, right, in full force, the effects are clear, right? Like th- things are objectively worse than they were two years ago on a lot of fronts, and the buck stops at the president, right? But, you know, people will, uh, well, probably the people in power who would be taking that hit well the, of course they'll they'll just blame it on well that was the coronavirus uh, we're, we're coming out of that and actually they do make that claim ah we're so much better than we were last year because last year was in the midst of the lockdown and now we're coming out of it and the economy's booming compared to last year it's it's still not recovered from compared to just before the coronavirus you know and actually I, most projections are that we're going into a recession well, we're in a recession, I think, already. And it's that gonna is be possible. Long. Until they change the definition. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. Um, then, oh, actually, we're in booming times then. Booming times. We just Inflation could have been 8.1%, but 
you know, or it could have been it could have been eight point five percent, but it's only eight point one percent. Like that's yeah. a win. And in England, just they just announced ten percent. Uh, I mean, that's the official where they've uh, yeah. These things are probably twenty or thirty percent on all the things that matter to people. See, un- unfortunately, from our perspective, right, like news like that coming from other countries hurts the narrative that we try to push out there, right? Like when, when libertarians, anarchists, uh, Austrian economists, when we talk about inflation, we have a very specific definition of inflation, and that is an increase in the money supply, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you print more money, that's inflation. Rising consumer price index and rising prices and more expensive shit, you know, on around are effects and results of inflation, but it is not the inflation itself, right? And the unfortunate thing is other countries have done the same thing, right? But that part doesn't get announced. So what what causes, what's causing the 10% increase in inflation uh, in Britain, right? Or the, the wor- Or the worldwide inflationary effects, right? If it's just the United States printing dollars, how does that affect Britain, right? And uh, I think they're printing a lot too. <laughs> they are. They absolutely are. But that part—that's what I'm saying. That's the part that doesn't get talked about, right? The 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 greedy corporations get scapegoated, right? All of a sudden, they just want to make more money, and so they're raising the prices amidst record profits, right? Yeah. I, I had a, a an interesting. Uh, actually, Jordan Peterson had an interesting video with. Uh, with a company called Strive. Um, sorry to throw this in there. It just it came no, to my mind. I, th- I thought it was excellent. Um, so basically the idea is, uh, h- well, how, how do these, how does the, the woke agenda get spread uh, through corporations? You know, corporations, you know, p- corporations are supposed to be want, wanting to make money and profit and that should be their, their goal. But it seems to have changed to where the corporations are all wanting to save the world, you know? So, so how does that get implemented? well, so his research led him to believe that uh, the way they do it is by corporate takeover and the way they do it is with voting rights. And how do they get the voting rights? Well, they use index funds. So everybody that's investing to get money uh, is putting their money in these index funds and the index fund owners are voting for ESG, environmental social governance stuff that is Totally bad for profits, but good for image, right? Okay. So, so the the people that own these uh, big uh, index funds, they're billionaires already. They don't need more money. But so, what do they do next? Well, they they influence the world. They try to save the world, and uh, and that's how they do it. So they they are able to control corporations, implement ESG, uh, and they think they look good for doing it. Okay. And it's not even their money. It's other people's money that they're using. And so it's, it's a really crazy uh, consequence of the way our uh, uh, markets work, stock markets. So there's a platitude out there stemming mostly from the right. And it says, go woke, go broke. Yep. And it's, and it's generally true. Um, however... When it comes to corporate decisions and corporate profits, I think what the corporations see is once again the vocal minority, right, and not the silent majority. So when their when their corporate image takes a hit, it's from a small group of people shouting at the top of their lungs about well, how bad the corporation is. You're oh. you're looking at the illusion though. The, the illusion is that they're doing this for the small minority and the small minority is making them do this. Well, I'm, 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 getting, to not, a, I'm getting to a bigger point, but yeah, that's okay. the start of it. So they, they see the small minority and they go, damn, that's our, that's our buyer base that we need to market towards. But it's not, right? The buyer base is the silent majority that doesn't give a shit you know, about ESG or, or sustainability or whatever. They just like... Are you the cheapest detergent that I can get from my laundry? Like I'm buying you because my clothes get clean, right? But then they 
they switch because they're they see the protest and then they advertise towards those people right because though those are the people that they want to purchase their products because hey you know they've already got the silent uh, majority let's bring on board the uh the loud minority and so they market towards those people unbeknownst to them that turns off the silent majority right it goes like i don't i don't need you know fucking rainbow colored flags in my laundry detergent or whatever the issue has to be i just want you the corporation to make a good product at a fair price and then i'll buy it and so they turn off the silent majority in favor of the uh vocal minority and that's the go broke part right because then okay. they realize that that's not the, the sustainable part but the reality is they don't care about either of them they care about their agenda and the proof is that all the stuff that they're telling the the you know that we're doing over here the the, the crazy le- crazy leftist stuff they're doing the opposite uh this you know same same index funds are voting for the opposite in places like china and russia india they're right. completely destroying environments. They're opening up coal plants. Um, they're doing all the opposite stuff there. And the reason has nothing to do with uh, saving the planet yeah. or doing anything that the leftists care about. It has to do with they actually want to destroy Western value. They want to bring the West down to make things equal. Okay. It's the craziest thing ever. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I want to think that that's a bit of a stretch. Um, every, every pride month, right. The, the American, you know, the American companies or the American branches of the social media accounts turn to rainbows and the Saudi Arabian social media accounts stay the same, right? We're not yeah, putting a fucking rainbow flag up in Saudi, on, you know, Saudi Arabia, Twitter, cause that's just dumb, right? Like they know the base there. Uh, I think they think, I think they think they know the base here. And that's, you know, to they, they don't. They're 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 pandering. Of with course. The, with the not not with the purpose of of uh you know making these um ideas uh it's not like they think it's a good idea. They're 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 basically they they want to turn the West into uh you know you know, transgender Satanistic uh, 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 wastebasket of San Francisco. Um, yeah, I, because they because they want to bring it down, not because they want to you know help gay people and transgender people. They don't care about them at all. Understood. And I guess I I think we agree right up until the point where it comes down to like uh, underlying motivation, right? I'm not saying that they think that they, you know, that they need to support the gay agenda. I think that they think that virtue signaling support for the gay agenda will bring in more money. No, they don't think that. They don't care about making more money in the U.S. Okay. That's the problem. Right. They actually do not care about making more money in the, they actually want to make less money in the U.S. And they don't care about the stockholders or the shareholders um, at all. They're using the stockholders' money against them to hurt corporations in the U.S. in favor of corporations elsewhere. Okay, but then that would be the go broke part of that equation. Yeah, right? but they're, they're doing they're doing it successfully, and against the wishes of of you know people that want to make money by yeah. owning these index funds. But and, the, and but it's, then and those it's, people it's just totally pull a crime, out. right? If, yeah, if well, if, they should they should, and that's that's why they they made this other index funds that that says you know we're going to use our voting rights to counteract yeah. uh, BlackRock and, and Vanguard. But the problem is BlackRock and Vanguard have like $21 trillion worth of uh, stock in their portfolio. If you've got your personal money in, in a stock or in a fund or in a trading fund or whatever, right, of a corporation that flies a rainbow flag every June, right, just take your money out because you already know what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? They well, go, con- they're going to convincing everybody this is this is actually happening is is the is the new challenge that we have right now <laughs> okay so, so most people don't know about it like we're, we're having this conversation now but no, most people don't know that if you if you have your money invest in these big index funds that some woke leftist uh 
ideologist that doesn't actually care about anything leftist is is purposely doing this because they want they want basically equality in the world equality above everything else and that's the yeah. same agenda that the UN has with their environmental stuff too they don't care about the environment they just want to use the environment issues to spread wealth around equally i guess it might be i guess the underlying motivation as i said might be news right but the platitude has existed go woke go broke it, there there's so much evidence of that mm-hmm. that anybody anybody reasonably investing in woke corporations, right? So how many, how many people knew that BlackRock and uh, Vanguard are woke, uh, you know, run by woke people? I don't know. Not, not just woke. But it's, and that's, that's what I'm saying. It's beyond woke because okay. it's, it's, really, it's really their uh, Marxist uh, tendencies that are taking over. It has nothing to do with environmental or social issues. Okay. They're using those issues to pretend that they're solving problems when actually their real agenda is, is to hurt the West to, you know, support China. Okay. And I guess if, if your goal is to make money, right, then, then go invest in a Chinese organization. But how did they, how did they see China as something superior to their goals? They don't see, they don't see it as a superior. They see them, they have less, they're poor. We want to make the U S poor so that so they were equal. It's a yeah, it's a equality, uh, inequality yeah, that, concern, issue and concern, nothing else. Yeah, I guess in my and, mind, the, the, the people doing this are the people doing this are already billionaires. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. If, if they hurt people yeah. in, in the U.S. or anywhere else. Yeah, I, again, I hear you, and I just i I like to believe that the market takes care of that, right? If a, if yeah, a eventually, yeah, eventually, maybe. So just put your, put your money in the startups, right? That don't that have you know <laughs> um, certifiable conservatives running it, and right? so and, and so what they're profit motives, and so what they're trying to do is is use the, the their uh, outsized pull in the market to to punish anybody who doesn't go along with the ESG stuff, and they're trying to they're trying to implement. You know, make it law. Basically, they're trying to buy off government. Say you have to, you have to uh, enforce these ESG standards uh, in order to, well, just like they were doing with with Tesla. It's like, oh, you can't be in this index fund with this pool of investors um, because you know, basically, you're successful in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, and again, one more one more reason to not support government intervention in markets, right? Yeah. I mean, forgive me for taking the nuclear option, um, but that's this is one of those areas where I support armed resolution, armed conflict resolution. Right? If they're if they're not going to negotiate peacefully in good faith, right? Then you have to be able to take up armed defense. And if you know if the if the government is interfering in your ability to make money, to start new corporations, to, you know, then, then that's why Marvin Hemeyer, right, is an anarchist, libertarian, fucking martyr and hero. He's the uh, killdozer guy, if you need that reference. Would, would, would you apply that to Ukraine, too? Be more specific with the question, because I want oh, to generally you said say you, yes. Uh, uh, the, the taking up arms... In defense, where negotiation isn't uh, pursued, I mean, isn't that the way you you could view the the whole Eastern Ukraine situation too? Where it's sure. See this this is where I diverge from like peaceful libertarians, right? Mm-hmm. I believe that violence is always the answer. I just think it's the last answer for a civilized society to move to. Right. At the end of the day, might may not make right, but it does make it so. Or it does make it really hot. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm what I'm saying is, you know, we as a civilized society do our very best to avoid violent conflict. Right? There there's it's not it's not ideal for any party, right? The the schoolyard bully. Right at the, on the playground, bullies people because he thinks he can get away with it, 
and people take it because they don't think they can fight back until someone fights back, right? And then all of a sudden the bully bullies a little bit less and the people feel safe because there's like a protector around, you know, in general. And again, that scales up, right? It, you know, before you get into a violent conflict with somebody over something, you go, hey, can we talk about this, right? Libertarians always preach... Uh, the the availability of arbitration in lieu of state courts for conflict resolution, right? Uh, DROs or whatever they call them, dispute resolution organizations, right? I go, before we get to the violence, you know, let us try to solve this peacefully. And the status will always come up with, well, what if the person doesn't want to come to your dispute resolution organization peacefully and in good faith? Well, then you fucking go get them. Right. Like that's, you know, you take responsibility, you know, if you're wrong, you pay more, right. All of a sudden you have, you're on the hook for kidnapping, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but violence is always there, right. Subtly underneath everything, there is the possibility for violence. And in order to maintain a peaceful society, we go there last. So if you're saying, you know, with Russia and Ukraine, should the Ukraine use violence? Well, if they believe it to be an invasion, right, and the Russians have already initiated violence, then yes, they should absolutely use as much violence as necessary to repel that threat. That's like, that's like libertarian doctrine for the defensive use of force. Uh, if you don't believe that Russia is invading, you know, an invading force, well, then maybe you negotiate. The fact that Russia wants to negotiate could be a sign Right, that they no longer want the violent conflict, and they're trying to bring it to a resolution. They, they, I didn't know that. Do they, they do. They are open to negotiation. Well, their their demands, at least, have been uh, stated at this point. They said okay. they want fifteen percent of Ukraine. So now it's up to somebody else to say, no, you can have ten percent, you uh, know, okay. or zero yeah. percent. If you give or us fifteen, just get out, and we'll we won't bomb you. Um, yeah. You if know, you or, give us fifteen percent, we stop the violence. Right? Do you want to negotiate or do you want to continue the violence? Right? Like that's that's what's up in the air. And the, and if they're saying like we will escalate this violence to nuclear if no one comes to the negotiating table, well then it behooves people to go to the negotiating table. Unless of course, like MC said, you're dealing with a bunch of you know psychopathological leftists who are going to call that bluff and end the world. Then what can then literally what can you do? The answer is not much. So I wouldn't worry about it. But if you can afford a bunker, build a bunker. But they don't want to negotiate. That's you know that's that's the violence. That's that's exactly when they the they not starts. only don't want to negotiate, they don't want to tell the public that Putin has made his demands and you know waiting for a response. Okay, that's that's how that's how far the left has gone. Where you know the average person doesn't know like, this is where we are. In the, in the non-negotiation. <laughs> I think they're feeling um, fairly successful because it, it appeared that, that uh, by the initial attack on Kiev that, they, that Putin was going to take over the country. And now they think, ah, oh, we've had this success. He's pulled back from all of that. Now he only wants 15%. So we just keep it up a little bit longer and, and we'll get it back to zero. Maybe. I think. That, that could be a strategy. Right, we've it's pushed them. The one the West has has in, uh, encouraged because I mean they've supplied so many billions of dollars worth of weaponry to support that. I I think most of that is um, is just handing out money, money laundering, uh, money laundering. Yeah, 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 and the weapons uh, construction or building. Uh, some someone said that they they don't even know where half the weapons are going. Actually, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> Right again, well, we just just like uh, yeah, the Middle East all over again. How many tri- how many how trillions of dollars went missing on September tenth, two thousand and one? Right. If if the um, if Russia was was sending billions of dollars worth of weapons to the Taliban in Afghanistan or to the rebels in in Iraq, uh, I don't think the U.S. would have tolerated that. But you know. Um, so why should we expect Russia to tolerate it when we do it? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a matter of might, like you say. The, 
if, you, if you're the bigger bully on the block, you get away with a lot. Of, and you rationalize it because you also have the media in your pocket to interpret it to the general public. Yeah. And bullies like to hang out with bullies because they don't want to test themselves against each other. Right? That's, mm. that's, that's the mutually assured destruction amongst bullies. It's how you get a gang. Right? I don't want to fight because I might lose. Let's just team up. You don't want to fight because you might lose. So let's just team up. We're at the bottom of the show. You guys have final thoughts on this? We never got to the headlines. Yeah, that's too bad. Like, uh, like next time, let's go with your headlines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime there's nothing else to talk about, chaos. We ought, there's that's what the headlines are for. They're the back. Nothing else. Well, we ought to go uh, first with those. I'll, I'll make sure that there's nothing to talk about next week. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Might be as long as the world's still here. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us: anarchistexperience.com. On Telegram, t.me slash anarchist experience or t.me slash the anarchist experience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha.